White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Right after, grand slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. Follow me on Twitter at EcknerWall23, Chris Tannehill at Chris Tannehill, and the show is at Locked On Sox. If you want to participate in one of our Mailbag Monday or talk to us Tuesday episodes, LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. You send your questions, your emails, sock specific, MLB specific, doesn't matter. Send it there, lockedonsocks at gmail.com. With no further ado, here's Chris Tannehill. Chris, how you doing? Oh, you know, I, I wish I could say I'm doing better, but the first week of 2021 is almost in the books. And, and I say I'm not doing so well because whenever baseball loses one of its stars, whenever a team decides it can't re-sign said star, and ships him off to another team who's going for it. And, you know, even though it's a team in your own division, you feel sad. And we'll get to that here in this episode. We're going to talk about the Francisco Lindor trade. Also, a little later on, the White Sox may be zeroing in on a new closer, but it's not who we talked about. And also, Trevor Bauer's agent could be subtweeting the White Sox. But here we are, Herbie, episode 154. You like how we just jumped from 99 to 154? <laughs> so now we're just going to number them straight up uh, from this point forward here. But let's get the important business out of the way. I read this headline today on MLB.com, and it really made me think. So I'm going to ask you a tough question here. The headline read, MLB.com says, Mets deal for Lindor. Cookie in blockbuster trade. Now, Herb, uh, what cookie are you going to trade all your prospects for? And what, what are you going all in for? Uh, a specific cookie? Yes. Um, well, I mean, I am a chocolate chip cookie guy. Yeah. But I'm trying to think of the, like from a specific store. I don't know, really. I mean, back in the day when I was a child, Mrs. Field's chocolate chip cookie oh, was the shit. Yeah. How about a nice a, warm one? Oh yeah, they got you know they've got one right by our building there uh, on Randolph, yes. and I think it's still there. I don't know. I haven't taken it is. I haven't taken public transportation in quite some time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just chocolate chip cookie, any brand, but Mrs. Fields is the one that kind of takes you back a little bit. Oh yeah, I think that's like the thing that I crave the most. I mean, when you get a big ass, like sometimes they bring in those big ass chocolate chip cookie cakes. Oh yeah, Mrs. dude. Fields, oh, forget it. And dude. I'm like, scrape off all the fucking frosting and just give me the cookie. Yeah, you're it's delicious. You're pooping the colors of that frosting for a couple of days after when, when you're when you're <laughs> when you're eating stuff like that. Um, I'd have to say the cookie that I'm all in for trading would be uh, probably the Girl Scout cookies, uh, Samoas. Those are my personal mm. favorite cookies. I think I know it's a polarizing topic here. I know we don't need any more divisiveness in 2021. Very, very much so. <laughs> but yeah, people don't like the coconuts in the mix, but I like it. It's me. I won't yuck anyone's yum, and I suggest you don't do the same. But of course, uh, Cookie is the nickname of uh, Carlos Carrasco, and I forgot about that. So the Mets make a big time deal today. They trade four prospects. 
Not going to pretend like I know who they are or if they're any good. Uh, but they're, I mean, I know Ahmed Rosario. He's yeah. not really a prospect. He's been on the fucking team. Right, yeah. So this is not a blockbuster. This is not like, oh, man, they raided their, their farm system. The Mets traded for Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco today for pretty much uh, bargain basement price because it's 2021. And first of all, Herb, you know, Francisco Lindor – Eighth pick in the 2011 draft. He was drafted one pick ahead of Javi Baez. Four-time All-Star, two-time Gold Glove winner, two-time Silver Slug Award winner. What were your thoughts today when seeing the news that Francisco Lindor was leaving the American League Central? I was like, finally. And then looked at the return. I was like, man, they just sold him for bottom basement things. for As the Cubs did for lottery tickets, guys who, you know, I don't know anything about the Mets thing, but I remember Ahmed Rosario was supposed to be the end all be all and nothing really as a Met. So I like stop lying to the, your fans, every single one of these teams, every single one of these teams can afford the players that they have drafted and to keep them on their teams. They don't want to, um, They've been trying to get Francisco Lindor off their team for some reason for years now. Years. It's just ridiculous. And they they held on to him too long. I think there was deals uh, talked about last year with the Dodgers and the Padres wanting him. Yeah. Gavin Gavin Lux. Herb. uh, Real people. Yeah. uh, Gavin Lux was part of the Dodgers trade, uh, supposedly. There's a great piece from Anthony Castrovince on MLB.com sort of uh, putting the whole Lindor history with the Indians in perspective and, and you know putting the whole thing in a timeline. I suggest everyone of you guys out there read it just to put it all in full context. But yes, like they had a chance to deal him pretty much every year. And my least favorite thing about this is when they told their fan base, hey, you better enjoy him while he's here. Like that's like the most disrespectful thing you could tell a fan base. Like we have no intentions of keeping your favorite player uh, on your favorite team. Yeah, like, see, I understand, like, you acquire uh, Mike Clevenger from another team and you trade him because he does something untoward. You don't want him on your team anymore because of his actions last year. Fine. Trevor Bauer, you got him from the Diamondbacks. He's not your guy. You gonna, you're trying to go for the, uh, the division and you don't think Trevor can sign back, so you try and get uh, Yasiel Puig. Cool. Fine. I'm not, I, don't, I didn't like it, but I understand. He's not your guy. They literally drafted Francisco Lindor, I think eighth overall in the 2011 draft. Yes. Developed him in the minors, watched him turn into a superstar, 30 home runs in his last three years of full seasons. And they're like, "Mm, yeah, this is no, as a shortstop, nah, we're good. Yo, gold gloves. I think he won a platinum gold glove and a gold glove. So. I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. This is the same thing with the Cubs and Chris Bryant, but Bryant to a lesser extent because he's fallen off a little bit from his rookie and his MVP year. Francisco Lindor is still that dude and will be making bank at next year as a free agent if he doesn't sign an extension with the Mets. It doesn't make sense. It's a bad message to send to your fans to say, yeah, a homegrown talent we're going to get rid of a year before his free agency because we're crying poor. It reminds me so much of the Mookie Betts trade last year. Same exact situation, but Mookie was a second round draft pick or no, a fifth round draft pick, I think, or something like that out of high school. And they had developed him, became an MVP. And they're like, you know what? We don't need this. 
get out of get off my team. We're gonna have Alex Verdugo come back. It just this is this is trash. Like if I was a Cleveland fan today, I'd be furious at my team. I would not like anything there. And and to put Carrasco in there, the story Carlos Carrasco was amazing. Yeah, ridiculous. That's quite a haul for 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 the Mets right there. You didn't have to ask for Carlos Carrasco, but they got him. Like he's one of the most yeah. consistent starters in baseball the past six seven years, and you got him. You know, as a, almost like a throw in. Like yeah. you, you could have had the four prospects or four, you know, youngsters for Lindor, and that would have been appropriate. But they managed to, to bolster their starting rotation too. And you guys may be listening to this as White Sox fans wondering, like, well, like why why are you guys hating on this so much? Because well, the White Sox division got worse, so by default, the White Sox got better. And I'm going to explain why that's not necessarily true in a little bit. But you know, I, I hate this as a baseball fan because we we've been to games in Cleveland. We kind of know the psyche of the fan base. They're kind of a a beaten down fan base. Like people give the White Sox fan base a lot of shit for not showing up to games, but Cleveland is is like that to an extreme. Like show up for they told us this. We're gonna show up for opening day. This we were there about ten years ago, and I'm you know assuming things have not changed that much because you could see on on television in years past before the pandemic obviously but they would say we'll be here for opening day but after that we're not going to be back here the rest of the year and and you could go look at look at games look at mlb tv if you have an account look at those you know cleveland home games like they have a team in first place they're always competitive for the most part right there in it uh you know half the building was cubs fans in the world series like you know they couldn't even sell out their own ballpark with their own fans but it's not good for baseball when you do things like this, when you take superstar. This Francisco Lindor is a top-tier player, a superstar player, and you trade him away for cents on the dollar when this is not something that they had to do last minute because all of a sudden there was an impasse and they realized they couldn't keep him. Now, I'm going to preface everything I'm going to say by saying we don't know if he told them, look, I'm not going to resign here no matter what. Because that's how they've been operating under that. Like, you know what? He's going to be gone no matter what. We have to get rid of him. Uh, I, I don't believe that. I believe that, that this is a guy who, who loved being Cleveland's baseball ambassador. And I'm going to play a clip for you in a second to sort of illustrate that point. But I just find it hard to believe that you can't work something out. And I, and I definitely don't believe that you don't have the money to pay Francisco Lindor. But it just, as a White Sox fan looking at this, you want, you want your division to be competitive because you want these races – to be going on all year long, steel sharpened steel. I don't want the White Sox to beat up on tomato cans all, all summer and then get into the playoffs and get their teeth kicked in by a team that's better than them that's been playing better competition all year. So that's part of it. But two, just as a baseball fan, like you want stars to stay in their cities because especially as someone – I, you know, I've got a young kid, and you you think about like what you know players do they identify with? Like, think about if you're ten, eleven year old kid in Cleveland right now, why would you continue following the Indians when they just traded away your best player? Like, I understand it's a business and all that, but still, this this guy is a superstar who you drafted and developed, and now all of a sudden you're you're saying you don't have the money to pay him. And I'm going to play this clip for you. 2019 All Star Game took place in Cleveland. At Progressive Field, Francisco Lindor is a starting shortstop that night, and there is no better ambassador for your team or the game than Francisco Lindor. This is Francisco mic'd up on the infield with Joe Buck, and he's he's talking with the uh, the umpiring crew and how he made dinner reservations for them in Cleveland that week. There's Francisco Lindor. Hey, Francisco, thanks for coming on with us. What's going on, guys? How you guys doing? Hey, dinner was good. Congratulations. You enjoying my city? Anything you guys want? The food was outstanding. It was good. Good. I'm glad I did you guys. I did you well. 
Billy. How you doing, brother? How you doing? Nice seeing you. Good to see you. Everything's good? Everything's great. Life is good. Cleveland is beautiful. Family's here. Enjoying the ride, brother. Hey, Francisco, did we just find out that maybe you sent some food to the umpires? No, no. I, uh, I made a reservation for Steve, uh, for, uh, for team. I wanted the restaurant here. Yo voy para afuera, cierra la yo voy para atrás. I made a reservation for him and his family. That way. This yeah, is yeah. your town, isn't it? Yes, yes, yes. So I know a good place to eat. And oh, I did it. Where was it? You might as well say it. Lola's. Lola's restaurant. It's pretty good. Calling Cleveland my city, loves the city, shouting out local businesses on national television. There was no better Rep, someone to represent your franchise better than, than Francisco Lindor. You, just, you couldn't find anyone better, and he was a good soldier. And he made Cleveland baseball. He propped it up for as long as he could, but ultimately he, he could not uh, turn them into a, a winning franchise, at least in terms of how they operate. They may win games on the field because they draft and develop pitching, but this is not how you run a winning franchise when you let a guy like this uh, walk out the door. And it just it just it bothers me. As, as someone who's loved baseball his whole life and you identify teams and cities with, with stars in those cities and you want those guys to stay there. And I know sometimes there's, uh, you know, uh, irreconcilable differences. And I don't know if this was the case. I never saw any of those reports. Um, they tried to extend him in that Castrovins piece that I mentioned. There was, there was, they tried to offer him an extension years ago. Uh, but he, he passed it on. He bet it on himself. And now he saw the deals that Bryce Harper got, that Manny Machado got. And now Francisco Lindor is going to have himself an opportunity to earn uh, that type of deal. Uh, hopefully next year when the pandemic is behind us and teams are back to operating at, at full strength. I don't know what the future is going to hold there. But just to hear that clip of, of Francisco Lindor showing love for, for Cleveland and being a true ambassador to his team and for the game. And to see what, how it ended, it's just a, it's it leaves a bad taste in your mouth as a baseball fan. Yeah, there's no people who are celebrating this besides, of course, Mets fans who I think got away with robbery right here because yeah, just to get Lindor and to put those four players in there, I was like, that's not enough. I don't know anything about these guys, but I've never heard of them other than Ahmed Rosario. Maybe the Jimenez guy will be something special, but. I just, I'm just crestfallen by a team like Cleveland used to sell out every single game in the 90s. They had that superstar team, and the same thing happened there. When it became time for those dudes to get paid, they weren't kept. Dudes went other places. Manny, Jim Tomey. Um, Bell. Yeah. Um, you know, Bayarga, uh, Alomar, all these guys went out of places, you know, and it's a shame. They have enough money. This malarkey, you're hearing this whole thing, and I got people coming behind me. They're there. coming to so arrest coming Steve to- Cohen for, for robbery. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Sandy so, Alderson for robbery. <laughs> and so it's weird. It's like they all have money, and you hear and see these people playing into what the owners are saying. So reporters saying and parroting what the owners are saying. Oh, it's a tough times out here. COVID really lost the money. They didn't lose money. They didn't get money that they were expecting because they didn't get the gate receipts that they expected this year, but they didn't lose any money. These guys are solid. Most of them liquid. Fine. And so if you're going to be parroting this bull crap, if you're a reporter out there, it's doing a disservice to the fan base If you're an MLB fan, today is not a good day 
to see one of the superstars get traded, just like when you Darvish got traded. But this is a, a little bit harder for me because the guy is a homegrown talent, and they just give away this player. And um, it's not even thirty. Got, like Dar- Darvish is on the wrong side of thirty. Lindor is not even thirty yet. That's what that's what's yeah. hard because you could see why they would sell Darvish off for parts because how many years after thirty four can a guy pitch to that level? I, I I get that, even though I don't I don't co-sign the move. You know what I mean? But like this guy Lindor. It's not even 30 yet. Maybe, maybe uh, they were thinking they would get a better deal than this and they just panicked. And they're like, we didn't pull the trigger last year. We got to do it this year. We got to get out of here. But there was, I don't know, like, what the harm was in holding on to him. Going for it again. Battling in the AL Central, you don't see the White Sox doing much. The Twins are worse yep. this year. They probably won't have Odorizzi. They probably won't have Nelson Cruz. They already lost Rosario. So they're not the same team. And the division is open, which you were in second place last year, Cleveland, tied with the White Sox. So what are you doing? They still have a solid team. But if I'm a Cleveland fan, I'm like, yeah, when are they going to get rid of Bieber? When are they going to get rid of Jose Ramirez? If you I'm Rick Khan, ne- I'm on the phone. If I'm Rick Khan, if I'm Rick Khan, I'm I'm making an I'm calling about Jose Ramirez. Oh yeah, <laughs> you better oh, be. Yeah. Like I, you know, I, I know they're not going to trade in the division probably, but when you have teams that are you know crying that they're this desperate, like why wouldn't they? You know what I mean? Like you can't put a competitive offer together for Jose Ramirez. Like come on, you man. see a wounded animal, you got to attack, and yes. this is what the White Sox, as a White Sox fan, I'm both happy and sad. I'm happy that one team decided they're not going to be as good as they can be in 2021, but also sad because I know the White Sox are probably not going to capitalize on this and say, I don't want to be, as you said earlier, I don't want to be the best team in AL Central. I want to be the best team in MLB. We saw that with the Padres. The Padres are like, we need starting pitching help. Let's not just go get one top of the rotation guy. Let's get two. Let's make sure we're, we're solid in that regard. And let's make sure our team is all good. Let's go and get this, uh, this second baseman, even though we had a nice rookie second baseman last year. Let's make this better. Let's make our overall lineup better. And let's battle with the Dodgers, even though they seem like an impossible team to beat in our own division. Fuck the Dodgers. Let's go and get these people. And now the White Sox are just sitting on their hands. It just irritates me. There's things to be done, and I know later on we're going to get into one thing specific that was uh, subtweeted today, yeah. but uh, it's just so <laughs> aggravating. I know it's just one day, and maybe later this week or later this month they'll do something, but they've had a decent offseason so far, like a decent amount of time in this offseason to do something. We've got these lackluster moves. Lance Lynn was great, but the Adam Eaton thing really didn't – Light, uh, light a fire under people's bat, uh, butts and then I don't know what the next move is. Michael Brantley's still out there, but we've ruined that because we've got Adam Eaton. But we can still get him. We can still do some things if we want to. And I think the desire to be great is not there with Jerry Reinsdorf. So um, I'm very sad today. Yeah, because they know now that what this move reaffirms probably what they believed anyway, that just standing pat and you're going to be the class of the division. But, but what my worry is this, 
I said earlier, you know, you, you, you stand pat and you beat up on, on bad teams. Granted, the floor has been raised because the Royals and Tigers are going to be a little bit better. The Tigers arguably signed a better right fielder than the White Sox did. But what happens is you're in your Lance Lynn window. He's only here for a year. Giolito's only here for a couple more years. And then you, you, you get to the playoffs, and all of a sudden there's teams that are much better than you, and let's say you advance to the World Series. There's, there's two teams that are better than the White Sox in the National League right now, at least the Padres and Dodgers, because steel sharpens steel. They're trying to compete with each other. So you get to the World Series, and yes, you can say baseball variance, this, that, and the third, and randomness. Like They could beat either of those teams, but what happens if you don't, and you, you know in your heart of hearts that you didn't do everything you possibly could to make your team better in the offseason. That, that's my worry here because then you lose a whole year of this when you didn't have to. Like you lose a year of everyone in, the, in, their, in their prime, you know, on team-friendly deals. You, just, you lose an entire year of that and you have no rings to show for it. So that's, that's what I worry about, that we shouldn't be judging this team on, on the division. For, for years, yes, that was the standard because the division was better in years past, and Cleveland and Minnesota, they were better in years past, but both of them are taking steps backwards, and the White Sox are, are they're a worse team than when they left uh, that series in Oakland you know, in the postseason. They're not as good today as they were then because you lost James McCann, and you don't have a closer right now. And you could say Lance Lynn makes them better. Yeah, I suppose, but you know what good is that if you can't close out the ball games? And we're going to get to that topic in a second. Uh, but right now, we're going to take a quick timeout here. And uh, on the other side of this timeout, Trevor Bauer's agent subtweets the White Sox. Oh, that, that can't be good. And also, there's a closer on the market that the White Sox could be zeroing in on. Uh, but it's not who we've been talking about, and it's probably not who you think. But this episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you today by our friends at betonline.ag. Are you guys ready for some football this weekend, college football? Wrapping up bowl season, there's huge matchups all over the place, NFL playoffs coming through this weekend. Looking forward to checking that out. Uh, there's only one place that has you covered and only one place that we trust, betonline.ag. You sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use our promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus okay and i mentioned some of the playoff action this week we've been talking about that bears line it hasn't moved uh holding steady bears 10 and a half point dogs that looks like alvin camaro is gonna play he just tweeted about an hour ago i'll see you sunday um uh, over under in that game is 47 i don't know if i'm touching that one but one game that i am looking at is buffalo bills versus the colts that game with uh, an over-under of 51 and the way uh, those two teams can light it up, I'm inclined to go over on that one. And uh, right now the Bills are six-point favorites in that one. So that's an interesting matchup that I could uh, probably look at with uh, with an unbiased eye and just you know uh, bet for the sake of betting and have a little, uh, little money riding on that thing. And I, I, that's uh, the, what I'm going to do, I think. And there's no better place than betonline.ag. Anything you're looking forward to this weekend, Herb? Yeah, I've been perusing these uh, NFL playoff lines, and the Washington football team is at home hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Terrific, awesome. They've been lighting up lately with Evans, Godwin, of course, Antonio Brown. But BetOnline AG, right now the number is minus eight. So Tampa Bay is laying eight points on the road. That's a lot of wood to be laying on the road. And Washington, while their record is not great, it's subpar, 7-9, I believe it is. The playoffs erase everything. And remember, they had a lot of strife with the quarterback situation. Their defense is playing outstanding now with Kerrigan and the rookie out there playing 
out of his mind and Chase Young. So look for Washington football team plus eight points at the crib. I don't think they're going to win, but I think eight points is way too much in a playoff game, especially with a tight defense that Washington has. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, folks. Get in on the action, and don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And we're also brought to you by rockauto.com. You know, there's so many different makes and models of automobiles these days. It's impossible to stock all the parts your car is ever going to need in your traditional chain storefront. So why endure the often pointless or intimidating questions like, is your car an LX or is it an EX? And you got to go out to the car because you don't remember. And you wait for the person at the counter to check their inventory on the parts that only their store has. Why go through that when you have the inventory of rockauto.com right in your pocket, it's on your cell phone. Just pull it up and you can find any maker, model, any type of auto part your car will ever need. And there's so many different reasons to maintain your automobile these days. But one, obviously, the biggest one is to save money so you can spend your money on more important things in life. So why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more on the exact same auto parts at a chain store or even a new car dealership? You see, because chain stores, they offer different products. Price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and always reliably low. RockAuto.com offers the lowest prices possible, rather than charging prices based on what the market's going to bear, like how airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. You just pull up RockAuto.com right there on your phone, search the parts you need, buy them. Have it shipped to you and just wait for it to arrive. No logging in, forgetting your password like I do, waiting to, for an email confirmation. None of that stuff at rockauto.com. Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. So go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and do us a favor, won't you? Write Locked On in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. And now, back to Locked On White Sox. All right, we're back, locked on White Sox. We're talking Francisco Lindor's trade and the power vacuum in the AL Central, and the White Sox are just sitting here procrastinating. Uh, but there was a couple of notes here that I saw this week uh, on Twitter.com. Uh, this today from you know uh, Trevor Bauer's agent, Rachel Luba. She's at Agent Rachel Luba on Twitter. Uh, does a great job marketing uh, her client, and uh, just very, very refreshing to see everything is out in the open and, and relatively transparent for a free agent going through uh, his first time ever uh, through the process. But after the Lindor trade today, Rachel Luba tweets this, LOL, that being said, now is the perfect time for one of the central teams to just say screw it and go for it. And, uh, you know, it doesn't take a genius to figure out who she's talking about because Indians obviously not going for it. Twins, eh. Maybe. Uh, Twins still in striking distance if they wanted to make a splash, but you know, not talking about the Royals, not talking about the Tigers. She's talking about the White Sox, Herb, and now all of a sudden you're getting not necessarily dragged, but maybe just uh, nudged in a certain direction by uh, the agent for the top-tier free agent on the market. Yeah, and I mean, this <laughs> she's right. She's 100% right, because she knows that probably her client wants to play for him, and also she's playing a good game yes. she wants the uh, a team like the white Sox with plenty of money 
and the need. She sees that roster. She sees the four and five pitchers right now. If we were going to the 2021 season, will be Dylan Cease and Ronaldo Lopez. No, thank you. No, thank you. So she sees that it's time to strike. As we said, Rachel probably listens to the podcast all the time. Trevor, probably a big-time fan. Hello, guys. I wanted to get her on. There's, there's, like, she's so accessible, but she said she's not going to be talking about the negotiations. So, yeah, but, but she's smart. She's out there, and, and, I'm, and she knows exactly what's being said about each team. It's her job to know that. Yeah, Yeah, and so it's cool. It's nice that she is putting that public pressure out there for the White Sox and making them look bad in the public. Unless they put a real offer out there, yeah. For what do you think this? You think this, the Sox? The Sox are obviously in on the mix because there's only like five teams that Trevor Bowers talked about, and he's played that the cap game. The Sox are always in the mix, so they they have to be in the Trevor Bowers sweepstakes. But maybe they're just kind of him and hawing a little bit, like you know, waiting for the market to to sort of you know clarify itself a little bit like you think that's what spawned this you think they're just kind of doing the white Sox thing where they're where they're in the mix until the very end until someone with a, with a bigger bag comes through and, <laughs> and and offer you know writes a bigger check you think that's what spurred this you think yeah i think we talked in a couple episodes before there's only like four or five teams going for it and put those in quotes the padres are out theoretically they got two starting pitchers on the market for trades so that's one team that they had maybe circled that can't compete. Um, the Mets just picked up Cookie Carrasco. Maybe they're out now with Thor, DeGrom, having Cookie Carrasco and Stroman on their team. So good. they don't need another guy. <laughs> so the White Sox, the Blue Jays, the Angels. So they're looking around it's like the Angels not really competing now. And they have the money, but the Angels not compete. And the Blue Jays, they're not ready for prime time. They're good, young, good. But the White Sox, they have the money. They have the need. They have the talent that Trevor would have to, would love to have on that team. The marketability, a big-time city like Chicago. Everything that forward, Trevor Bauer has espoused. Yeah, forward-thinking pitching coach. Sox, yeah, exactly. The White Sox have. Now, the manager is not great, but, you know, Trevor's, like, fine. He's an old-school manager. Yeah. Well, maybe he'll keep me in the game for a little longer. We covered that. Like that. We covered that back a, a couple months back when, when the Tony La Russa thing happened. Trevor Bauer actually spoke at great detail. It's on YouTube still. You can check out the whole thing. But, yeah, Trevor Bauer doesn't seem to care about Tony La Russa. So that's not yeah. going to be a, a factor. It's all going to be about dollars and years and fit. And I think the fit is already there, like you said. Yeah, and she's probably seeing that the White Sox could probably see this, too that Trevor Bauer's destinations are dwindling away, especially in this era of COVID when people are acting like the poor. So let's put some public pressure out there. They're probably dealing, you know, uh, negotiating, and she's going to negotiate through the media and let them let them know that, yeah, hey, White Sox, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It's no one else. Everybody knows it. Like you said, we've, we've already eliminated the teams. It's the White Sox, she's saying, without specifically saying. So she could go plausible deniability when she goes back and talks to Rick Hahn. Oh, I'll say any team in the Central. You guys in the Central sold the Twins. <laughs> stop, get, stop being so vain, White Sox. Get out of here. I want to talk about you. Stop being so uh, thinking that you're on our, my mind. we got other teams in the Central talking to us. Fuck you. So, yeah, she's probably understanding that her client is losing all of his targets out there. And she needs to get the best deal for him. And the White Sox need to stop lollygagging and offer him a deal that is representative of what he wants, if it's one deal or four years. I don't care. 
get somebody that turns this whole thing around this offseason and everybody's saying, yes, the White Sox. The White Sox are now the team to watch out for in the AL, the whole goddamn league. Yeah, man. That's the, that's the team to watch out for. I, I think with that move alone, and I know there's people out there saying that Trevor Bauer is actually not good or whatever, um, but, you know, Rachel Luba knows Those that – dumb. Yeah, Rachel Luba knows that Rick Hahn reads Twitter, obviously, so that's a good job by her. She gets her job to research and know every single angle by all the, the GMs. But what would be bigger for the White Sox Q rating right now? It, to swoop in, Jerry Reinsdorf says, you know what, this Steve Cohen's getting all the attention here. You know what? Let's go ahead and cut this check for Trevor Bauer. He's going to raise our profile. He's going to make us instant World Series competitors. Let's get the deal done here. Like I, I would love to see it. And that you make a great point about the potential suitors dwindling down. Yankees, you know, they're always going to be the Yankees. They're always going to have the money. But they just committed all that money to Garrett Cole. And we know they're not making mm-hmm. as much as they were once making. So maybe they're like, you know what? Uh you know, nah, maybe not this year and maybe not for Trevor Bauer, you know, so, you know, it's, it's certainly an intriguing possibility. And again, I have to hold myself to my own standard here where I said about Tony La Russa when, when, when he was hired as a manager, ask me again how I feel about the hiring when they break for spring training. So I'm going to say this again to myself and just to remind everyone this is how I look at this. I'm not going to criticize for the White Sox for moves that they haven't made yet. Um, we just all have that gut feeling as White Sox fans. We follow this team all of our lives to know how they're thinking. Um, they proved me wrong before. We were so mad after the Nomar Mazara thing, and then they, they they came up big and they signed Dallas Keuchel. So, and this year they were the first ones out there to grab Lance Lynn. Last year they jumped the market and got Yasmani Grandal. So, I, you know, I, I I'm going to be patient here, and and hopefully, you know, maybe Rick Hahn's waiting for the for. Trevor Bauer, for for example, to come back to him because you said the suitor's dwindling away. Maybe he's playing the long game, and maybe Rick Hahn is, you know, just playing chess while everyone's playing checkers because he has to because he doesn't have the financial resources that some of the other teams do. So we'll have to wait and see how it plays out. But I love that Trevor Bauer's agents putting the public pressure on the White Sox. You should never stop doing that because we know they read Twitter, and until they finally fork up some money for a big time contract and make a splash like i'm gonna look at them with the side eye and think that they're just sitting there on their hands but uh we'll wait and see yeah and and maybe like back in the day where they were in the driver's position and this in the driver's seat for manny machado and they're like cool we got a 180 million dollar deal out here and no one's even close to us this is what we're going to offer this dude 180 million and send us up the ass when you're 34 and 35 to make it big as hell. Yeah, we're the White Sox. And then the Padres realized, oh, that's what he's going for? Word? We can get in there. Let's just not fuck around and give him a solid number. Let's ask him what he wants. 300 million for 10? Bet. Now you see how good Manny Machado is. Stop yeah. fucking around. Yeah. They didn't fuck around with Yasmani Grandal. They offered him a deal bigger than anybody would have offered him. And I'm glad they did it. Yeah. They had to pay a White Sox tax, and they got him. They went out and got him in the middle of November. It was great. I want them to do the same. They strike now. God. Feel that it's there and strike. It was so awkward. I remember being at SoxFest covering uh, the SoxFest for 6-7 the score during the Manny Machado thing. And then two months went by, and just nothing happened. Almost two months went by, and it was, seemed like inevitable. 
you know, uh, Yonder Alonso was there talking about how he just talked to him and they just snatched up John Jay, you know what I mean? Like, and it was feeling like, oh, this is going to happen. It's inevitable. And then just nothing ever happened. So that's always what I worry about with the White Sox. Whereas where you have like, there's, they're, they're at the goal line here with Trevor Bauer. And then just, you know, they, they, you know, they think they can get away with, with get, get a, find a deal on someone. And then they just like have it all unravel and someone else comes in with a bigger bag than them. So that's always what you worry about here. And now, their other weakness here in the in the roster, they have they have one glaring hole right now, and it's closer. And we talked a lot about Liam Hendricks the past few weeks, really. Uh, pretty much ever since the offseason ended, we talked about Liam Hendricks, seeing him up close and personal. Uh, the Locked On Podcast Network also quote tweeted me, and whenever you see your your, your name next to a quote on Twitter, you freak out, <laughs> no matter how how boring you are, like I am. But I freaked out when I saw my name talking about how much I like Liam Hendricks, but. Uh, there was a name floated out there this week that the White Sox are in the mix for. Now, th- some reports say that the White Sox are still in the mix on Liam Hendricks, but they're also linked to the first guy that was released by his team uh, after once the season uh, concluded. He was literally the first guy, I think, that was released, and that is former Indians closer Brad Hand, uh, who had a really fine season in 2020. Uh, Brad Hand in 2020 went two and one with a 205 earned run average. He appeared in 23 games and had uh, 20 or 16 saves uh, in, for the 2020 Cleveland Indians. Coming off his career year, uh, arguably, he's had he's been one of the most consistent guys in the bullpen for the last four or five years uh, in, in baseball. And now the White Sox are linked to him. And what do we worry about here, Herbie, with this? We worry about that they're trying to get uh, a closer, a top-tier closer for a bargain basement price here, and I, there's red flags here. And, you know, Brad Hand's a hell of a pitcher. You know, you wouldn't be settling for Brad Hand because he's a, he's a solid pitcher. Um, maybe a guy that, that could complement uh, Liam Hendricks in the bullpen, <laughs> you know, but I, I don't think logistically for the White Sox, the way they spend money, I don't think they would put all that money – in a bullpen, but Brad Hand wasn't making a lot of money, and the Indians said, "You know what? We can't have you anymore." But now we worry about Liam Hendricks and the Dodgers rumors, and now the Sox are all of a sudden linked to a an inferior pitcher, uh, not by a whole lot. Like I said, Brad Hand's still real good, but here we go now. The White Sox again already looking for a Plan B here to to close out uh, their roster and find a closer here in 2021. I do not want Brad Hand on the White Sox as the primary closer. If he comes and he's a setup guy, I personally think that Aaron Bummer is better pitcher at this point than what Brad Hand can provide. And maybe that's because the White Sox ate his lunch every time they saw him pretty much last yeah, year. Yeah, Chuck Garfine had dom- had this. Brad Hand versus uh, the White Sox, a seven seven one earn run average. Brad Hand versus everyone else, uh, 0.52 earn run average. So that, that's pretty damn good. Maybe he, he you know wants to come here so he can stop getting hit hard by the White Sox, who <laughs> last year killed left-handers. Yeah. But um, – Give me, I mean, maybe the White Sox are using Brad Hand as a smokescreen. Get it out there in the, the public. Just so Liam Hendricks knows that you're not the end-all, be-all for us. We can get Brad Hand. We can go back to Alice We got in-house uh, candidates here. So, you know, we don't need you, Liam Hendricks. So you better make the decision for yourself right now. But I would not want him as our primary closer for the 2021 season at all. Um, I've seen way too many times when Brad Hand 
did not do well. I remember him in Miami, and I know you're not supposed to judge him with stuff back in the day, but he wasn't great in Miami. He sometimes went to San Diego, got great. And then Cleveland was pretty solid himself. And then, I, but the times I saw him versus the White Sox, I was like, no, nah, no, nah, he doesn't, he doesn't locate enough. He doesn't hit his spots enough. I, he doesn't have enough devastating stuff to be a closer, swing and miss stuff to be a closer for my liking. I would rather go with uh, Aaron Bummer if we're going to go with the lefty route in that regard. So, um, and I would not pay Brad Hand closer money for the White Sox. Now, if sign him. I'm going to reluctantly be fine with it because it's improving your team. But if I had my choice of the two, I would 100% go Liam Hendricks. Yeah, so Brad Hand, maybe you could – this is a situation for the White Sox where you can benefit from a guy who just wants to have a gig somewhere with a winning team. He's used to winning. Maybe he'd be open to coming to the White Sox in a situation where he's making close to what his salary was last year. And, you know, he'll be in a spot in the bullpen where he's not going to be – you know, ridden into the ground every day, and he's not going to be asked to be a closer, but he can do the job if need be, which I think is important. You know, especially if you're going to be playing over 100 games this year, it's important to have some options out there. And if, if you're going to have a top-tier closer like Liam Hendricks, you want to make sure all those arms down there are fresh. You know, Aaron Bummer coming off his odd season with the injuries in 2020. You're going to want to make sure that everyone's fresh down there. So how nice would it be to be able to say, oh, yeah, Brad Hand's going to close out tonight. He's our guy out of the bullpen. He's done it before. You don't have to worry about it. He's, he's seen the division a whole bunch. Like That would be that would provide great comfort to me. But like you said, I agree with you. You know, He doesn't have the swing and miss stuff. Pitches the contact a little too much by my liking. But he gets the job done. I can't argue that. But as, as, a, as a closer, I need my guy out there to be dominant, uh, swing and miss stuff. And that's why Liam Hendricks is the guy. And I, I really hope the Sox – can uh, make a deal happen soon here because I just I just have fan anxiety here. You know, watching this team and covering them. When you have a team, this is why we hold them to such a high standard because we know their roster is is near completion. So when you have these pieces out there that are available that are practically begging you to sign them and you don't do anything about it, that's what makes us freak out a little bit as Sox fans. So maybe sometimes we just have to, uh, you know, relax a little bit and, and just wait for the game to come to us. But uh, that's all I got tonight, Herbie. That's the state of the White Sox as it sits here on January 8th after the Francisco Lindor trade, which I do not like for baseball. Yes, it's good for the White Sox. I'm not complaining about it. But ultimately, is it really good for them? It doesn't make them better. It just makes the teams around them worse, and I worry about what it does for the Sox in a playoff situation. Uh, and you know, when when you're playing weaker competition, the whole 162 game season, I worry what it does for your psyche as a team when when you get into the playoffs and all of a sudden you realize the team across from you has got more firepower than you do. That's what I worry about as a Sox fan here. It's it's good problems, it's first world problems in baseball, and finally the Sox are at that level. So I guess that in itself is a win. But that's all I got tonight, Irby. All right, that is Chris Tannehill. Follow him at Chris Tannehill on Twitter. Me, Herb Lawrence, at Ecknerwall23. Lawrence spelled backwards, 2-3, Robin Ventura. The show is at Locked on Socks on Twitter and Instagram. And if you're on YouTube, subscribe. Locked on Socks. We have videos over there, the Sean Evans interview. We have the James Fox interview. Chris put together a 2020 highlight package that is great. Go there. Subscribe to us. Put on the little chime bell so you can get a notification every time that we drop a new episode on YouTube. You know what I think so I'm going to do? I think I'm going to send out a prize pack for 
for every 100 subscribers that we get to sort of accelerate this process. Like we've gotten uh, a lot of subscribers so far, but every time, every 100 subscribers, like I think we're at somewhere around 150 now. So once we get to 200, I'm going to send out a random one. 300, I'll send one a random subscriber a prize pack. So I think that's how we'll do it from here on out. I'm feeling generous today. So I think that's how we'll do so we can get to those 1,000 subscribers. Uh, you heard it there, folks. So tell your friends to subscribe if they haven't yet. So for Chris Tannehill, my name is Herb Lawrence. Thank you for listening to this episode of Locked on Socks.